The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. We've been in a series for the last several weeks called Creature of Habit, and we've been talking about the habits that we have in our life and how important it is that we learn, because we have this habit nature, we learn to harness it for our good. And we've said over and over again, 40% of our life is lived out uh, of the habits of our life. And so that being the case, since 40%, almost half of our life is being kind of lived out habitually, it's important that we learn to harness this habit nature so that it can be used for the kingdom of God and used in a good way. Today I want to talk to you about a specific spiritual habit that we need to put in place in our life, and that is the habit of worship. We're going to talk about making worship a habit this morning, and to help me to kind of talk about this today, I thought, why not bring out our very own worship leader, our worship pastor, David Terry, to help me to preach this message. So would you welcome David Terry as he comes out here. David, you sit right there, okay? That'll be your little spot. Stay put. Be good, okay? All right, Psalms chapter 100. And I wanted David to come out here and, you know, you guys see David leading our team in worship and leading us in worship each week. Uh, but what, what you don't see is that this is just a small picture of who this guy is. And one of the things I love about David is he has a heart for worship. And it's not just something that he, he steps in and does because he's gifted and talented. I believe he's gifted and talented and anointed because, ha- because worship is a habit in his life. It's something he does all the time. I've seen this guy lead some of the most powerful worships in some of the most small settings, leading little kids. Uh, I remember leading, him leading at a funeral we did for a little baby one time back in Dallas. It was one of the most powerful worship moments I've ever been a part of. And I remember uh, me and Sarah, there, there being a point when we were first getting to know David where I realized, like, this is the guy I want to be the worship leader at our church. And I remember calling my dad up and saying, hey, is it okay that we pray that God would put that on his heart? My dad was like, sure. And so we began to pray that God would uh, give us David or somebody like David. And, and, and I decided, I said, God, I'm not going to say anything to him about it. I'm going to let you speak to him about it. I, to, I want him to hear this from you. And about a week later, I got a text one night from David. And he said, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to go with you in whatever it is that you're doing. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and that's when he heard about New Song Church and about our vision for that. So... I love David. I'm excited to get to share this with him this morning. Uh, you got anything you want to say? Just thank you. I feel so honored. You're welcome, Bob. All right, Psalms 100, starting verse 1, says this. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is good. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Now hold your, hold your place right there, we're going to actually come back to this verse quite a bit today. In fact, I thought it was interesting that my dad shared from this verse this morning in his pre-service, but we're talking about um, worship today and what it, what it takes to make worship a habit. Not just something that happens once a week, but something that's happening in our daily life all the time. And so we're going to jump right in this because we've got a lot of ground to cover. So if you're taking notes, here's the first point of the day. Uh, for worship to become a habit in your life, church isn't enough. Taking notes, write that down. Church isn't enough. We, we talked earlier in the series about how the habit, habits are formed through repetition. 
Habits are formed through us doing something over and over and over again. The way our brain works is your brain is always looking for those things that you do on a regular basis over and over again because it's looking to save mental energy. So what your brain does is it looks for things that you do repeatedly so that it can form those into habits so that you can check out of those things mentally and put your mental energy towards other aspects of your life. This is why you can get it in your car at the end of the day after work and you just kind of show up at home. You don't really have to think about it because your brain has formed a habit of something that you've done over and over again. And so if we're going to form a habit of worship, we're going to have to be intentional about this. Now, when it comes to spiritual practices, I think we all understand that they're important. You know, stuff like reading your Bible, we understand we're supposed to read our Bible. And I would guess that most of you in here, at least I hope you are, you're reading your Bible more than just when you come to church on a Sunday, right? You, you understand that's something that you need to do. So you put that into practice in your life. You open up the Word of God, the bread of life, and you read from it. You let God speak to you through it. We understand that prayer is something that doesn't just happen at church. Hopefully you're not just praying when you come to church, but throughout your week, you're spending time communicating to the Lord, letting Him communicate to you. But what I found to be true for myself at times, and I'm sure some of you have too, is that worship sometimes gets kind of put into this section of our life, kind of placed into this one little area where it's like a a 25 to 30 minute segment of a service every week instead of it being something that we do on a regular basis. And the problem with that is if we live that way, then worship will not become a habit in our life. It won't become a default setting that we are able to, to draw from when we really need it the most. I know that about seven or eight months ago, I found myself at a place with worship where I just had kind of gotten into the, just, I don't want to say habit because we want worship to be a habit, but just the, the motions, going through the motions of worship. And I found that I was going through the week and worship was my occupation. Um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't my relationship with the Lord. And, and so I would worship, I know, you, I know what you're thinking, wait, dude, worship's your thing. Shouldn't you be worshiping throughout right. the week? Okay, I was, I was worshiping I was throughout that. the week. Yeah. I was worshiping. But I just found it going, okay, I would stop in the middle of, of listening to a song and go, man, can we do this on Sunday? Can we do this song on Sunday? And Pastor Josh had, was either in a series on it or I can't remember exactly, but he challenged us to do some of the things that we're going to do, talk about today. He challenged us to start doing that at the beginning of our day before we do anything else, before we open up the Bible, before we pray at all. And I just decided, you know what? He's my pastor. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So um, every morning on my way to the gym, I just started to worship. And it blew my mind how much it changed everything about my life. It changed everything. Um, so some of the things that we're going to be talking about today are things that I have, have recently, within the past year, have gone from not doing to doing, and it's been black and white in my life, how much of a difference it makes. Yeah, and it's so important that we do this because realize this worship is a powerful thing that God has given us. There's so many benefits that come along with being a person who is living a lifestyle of worship, not just, you know, having a moment every once in a while, but actually living that out daily. See, through worship, we have the ability to break the chains of bondage in our life and and to step into new levels of freedom that God wants us to to experience here on this earth. Through worship, we have the power, the Bible says, to silence the enemy and actually send him running in the other direction. Through worship, when we worship God. It's, it's, a, it's a spiritual tool that we have that's been given to us by God. Through worship, we have the ability to connect with the presence of God, to become more aware of, of the presence of God and, and to sense the presence of God in a tangible way. There's so many benefits that come along with, with being a person who worships. Yeah, and I think the number one, all those things he just listed out, 
um, are attributes of the kingdom of heaven. Um, they're because Jesus has come and, and brought his reign onto this earth. Um, and so our first kind of little point here is worship is a key. So if you're taking notes, write that down. Worship is a key. Um, if you go back to that Psalms that we said we were going to keep going back to in Psalms 100, it says, um, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So those gates here, what gates are they talking about? Um, well, they're the gates into the kingdom of heaven. And what makes up a kingdom? Well, uh, what makes up a kingdom is there's a king, uh, there's laws, and there's rights that everyone has within there. And, and we're born into this kingdom of darkness is what happens. Because sin entered the world, because, um, because, uh, because of what happened with Adam and Eve, it, the, the dominion of the earth got handed over to Satan. But then Jesus came, right? That's, a good, that's always a good statement, but, th- but then Jesus. Um, and so what happens is, is when we're born again, we're born again as citizens of this new kingdom. But here's the problem is that we wake up each day and we're still living in the kingdom of darkness. In the kingdom of darkness, there's not healing. There's not hope. There's not forgiveness. There's not freedom. There's none of those things. But in the kingdom of heaven, there is healing. There is freedom. So how do we get from uh, living in this kingdom of darkness to accessing all that God has for us in the kingdom of heaven? Well, this verse says that it's through our thanksgiving. If you look at that word thanksgiving in Hebrew, it's tauda, which is a confession, um, a confession of thanks, um, a sacrifice of thanks. And see, what happens is, is that we wake up and we're, we're in this kingdom of darkness. And what we have to make uh, intentional to do every single day is, God, I belong to this kingdom over here. And we go up to the gates of heaven with that key of thankfulness and we unlock it. What happens is it bursts out and it begins to overflow into the life around us. So that's one of the reasons why worship has to be an everyday thing, because every single day we need God's presence. Every single day, your coworkers need you to be walking with God's presence. Every single day, your kids need you to be walking with God's presence. So worship is a key. That's awesome. Really good. So worship is a key. It helps us to step into the kingdom of God. It's a weapon against our enemy. It's how we, we become more aware of, of the presence of God. There's, there's amazing tools, amazing blessings that come along with being a worshiper. So we have to, but we have to pursue that. It's something we have to go after. It's not just we're not just, that's not just going to happen if we're coming and just worshiping once a week at church. We're going to have to live this out. We're going to have to live out this lifestyle. So in order for us to pursue worship in the right way, we need to understand what worship is. So our second point this morning is, is what is worship? Well, worship is this. Worship is love expressed. Worship is love expressed. If you're taking notes, write that down. Worship is love expressed. And when the Bible commands and commends us to worship God in this, in this highest form. There's lots of different ways we can worship God. You can worship God with the way you live your life. You can worship God by the things you do and don't do. But when it, we're talking about the highest form of worship here, we're talking about this idea of expressing our love of this vertical, intentional adoration towards God. And adoration is just simply love. That we're to express our love to God in a real way. Now, before I was a pastor... Many of you know that I worked with, with kids. I worked with teenagers for years. And one of the things I loved about working with kids was, was seeing little kids worship. If you've never had the chance to see like a kid's class worshiping, it's, it's one of the most powerful things in the world. In fact, some of the most powerful moments I remember from my, in my whole life where I sense the presence of God, I remember from when my dad would be leading kids my dad would do these conferences for Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagen back in the day, and there'd be a thousand kids, like little kids in a room, and they'd be leading, he'd be leading these thousand kids in worship, which is an amazing feat, by the way. <laughs> and, 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 and it would get like quiet, like where you could hear a pin drop in the room. Again, amazing with a thousand little kids. 
But I remember being in those, in those environments as a kid and just thinking, having my eyes closed and just thinking, man, Jesus is here. And there's something about kids' worship. Because kids worship just from such a pure place. They're not trying to prove anything. They're not trying to be manipulative. They just, they're just loving God with their worship. And I think that is, that is where we need to be. We're the children of God. And when we come to God, we need to express that love to him. And I believe he is our father. I believe that just blesses God so much. You know, I'm, I'm a father. I have three little kids. My youngest is three, Sonny. And every once in a while, she'll, uh, she'll just come in the room. And, and you won't even, I, won't, I won't even have been gone or anything, but she'll just come in the room and, or I'll come in the room and she'll just go, Daddy, I missed it, you. I love you. And she'll run over to me and hug me and like she'll close her eyes and just with her little three-year-old power just embrace me. And then she'll back up and she'll stick her lips out. And she wants a kiss. And let me just tell you, don't get a lot better than that in this world. It's so, it just make, it makes me feel so good that she wants to just love me for no reason other than she just loves me. And, but I believe this. I believe that there's moments in her life when she realizes how much mom and dad love her. And it just overwhelms her. See, before Sonny was ever born, me and her mother loved her. When she was just an idea. When Sarah came to me and she said, hey, I got an idea. What if we name our little girl Sunny? I loved Sunny at that moment. Uh, when Sarah was pregnant with her before she existed, we loved her. When she was just brand new little baby where all she could really do was spit up and, and poop, we loved her. Because she's ours. That's why we love her. Not because what she can do for us, because she's ours. And so we, we live our life to express our love to her in so many ways. We tell her we love her, but we also take care of her. We provide for her. And I think sometimes in her life, it just hits her. Mom and dad love me so much, and she can't help it when it hits her, but to just express that love back to us. And that's where we need to be as, as children. Realize this. You're, when you worship God and love him, you're not initiating anything. You're, you're responding. See, the love of God, he's the one that started this whole thing. Before we ever took a step towards him in love, he, he loved us. The Bible says this in 1 John four nineteen. It says, we love him because he first loved us. Romans 5, verse 8 says this, but God demonstrated, in other words, he expressed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, when we were at our absolute worst, in our darkest worst state, Christ died for us. He, he loved us at our worst and he, he's the one that initiated this. And so when we come to God with these opportunities to worship him and to love him, we're not trying to necessarily get anything from God. We're responding to what he's already done for us. See, we don't worship God to get a breakthrough. We worship God because he broke through. And we're responding to the love he gave to us. And when you respond, here's the great thing about God. God's a giver. You can't give anything to God without him giving back to you. So when you respond and you love him like he deserves to be loved, guess what he's going to give you? He's going to give you love. He's going to express more love to you. He's going to pour out his love. And that presence of God, you're going you're gonna to walk into it. And it's going to be a powerful thing. So worship is love expressed. All right. So church isn't enough. We need to express our love to God more than just once a week at church. It's worship is love expressed. And if we're going to make worship a habit, you're going to have to worship when you don't feel like it. That's point number three. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good one, worship when you don't feel like it. I, I think that it's um, when we find ourselves in a place where it's a little bit harder maybe to worship or maybe uh, 
we feel like it's a little bit more work. You know, I don't know if you're anything like me, but sometimes whenever I know I'm supposed to do something, that's when I, like, don't want to do it anymore. You know, like, I can be on this, like, kick of, like, oh, I'm going to serve Kaylee. She's never going to have to ask me to take out the trash. But as soon as she asks me, it's, like, this thing of I have to do it now. And so now I'm, like, I, you know what I mean? I have to adjust. And I think that these gifts, you know, the Bible is a gift. Prayer is a gift. Worship is a gift. It's an opportunity. But I think sometimes if we're not careful, we find ourselves with it's something that we have to do now instead of something that we get to do. And so when I find myself in that place where I just don't, I don't want to worship, you know, be it because I just don't feel like God's moving in my life, which is just a dumb thing to say because God's always moving. God's always working. But maybe it's just I, I don't feel like God's I'm moving in the way that I want to, or maybe I, I uh, don't feel like I need him to be moving in, in, in my life, maybe in a day. Uh, what I'd like to do is this thing called praise until it breaks. Praise until it breaks. And this is what I do. I lock myself in the car, um, or if Kaylee's gone, I'll lock myself in a room, and I will sing worship music until I start to feel God's presence again. Because here's the deal is that we need God's presence. We need it. It's not just available to us. It's a necessity. God's presence is a necessity. And so because we need it all the time, we're going to have to worship even the times we don't feel like it. Even sometimes when you wake up and and hitting the snooze button might seem like a little bit uh, of an easier thing to do. Trust me, that five minutes of worship is going to impact your day in a bigger way than that five minutes of sleep will. So we're going to have to worship when we don't feel like it. Um, and, and I think another one of the reasons why, why sometimes we don't feel like God's presence um, is just around us um, is sometimes I think we become unaware. Because God's omnipresent. Like, he's not going anywhere. Uh, he's always with us. He doesn't, he doesn't vary, you know, how available he is. He's always, he's consistent. He's always there. I think what happens is not that God becomes unavailable, but that we become unaware of his presence. And so one of the things that worship does is that our focus is our attention back on the things that matter. We, we, we highlight the things that matter in our life. We say, Jesus, I depend on you today. Even if I don't feel like it, I depend on you. And there's something that happens, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but there's something that happens when you stir that up in you. You start to want it again. You start to feel it again. You start to, to want God's best in your life in a situation. That's why we pray over, that's why we worship over seasons of our life. We worship over areas of our life. We worship over um, uh, uh, segments of our life because in every single area, we need God's presence. And if we're going to be able to live the victorious life that God's called us to live. Yeah, that's good. So you got to make you got to make up your mind. You're not going to just worship when you feel like it. You're going to worship when you don't feel like it. I think a beautiful picture of this is the Psalms. Uh, you, you know, many of the Psalms were written by David, and most of those Psalms that he wrote, which are actually a lot of the songs that we sing in church, come from some of those Psalms that he wrote. And most of those were written while he was on the run from King Saul, while he was in distress, while he was under pressure. He wrote, he wrote these songs. He wrote these songs to the Lord because he understood something that you need to understand. When you worship in spite of your circumstances, it elevates you to that place of the Lord where he can bring peace, he can bring freedom, he can, he can break those chains of bondage and, and help you to move forward in whatever he's calling you to do. So we gotta worship when we don't feel like church isn't enough. We gotta make this a habit. Worship is love expressed, and if we wanna make it a habit, we're gonna have to do it Listen, I wish we all woke up, and I wish David would be sitting there with Aubrey and the rest of the band, and they could just go, one, two, three, here we go, and I could get my day started that way. I've tried it, but they won't do it. But that would be great, but, but you've got to make up your mind. You're going to do this whether 
you got it going on that day or not, all right? So let's get really practical now, David. Let's talk about some things you can do to help you to make worship a habit. And, uh, and, and, and we're going to list 10 things that, that we talked about this week that we think are great practices. Now, as I list these things, don't think, okay, this is the formula. If I do these 10 things every day, that's not what this is about. These are just some ideas to help you out. You may use a few of these. You may not use all of them. Uh, but these are just ways to help you to form this habit so you can do this on a daily basis so that the default setting of your life when bad things come against you is to worship God, is to praise God, is to put him before those problems. So number one is this, worship first. Worship first. We've talked about this a little bit, but here's what I mean by this. Start your day, start your quiet time with worship All right, Psalms 100, verse 4 again, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him, and praise his name. Notice, we enter into his presence. It says, says, we enter, not that all of a sudden he enters. See, sometimes I think we think that when we worship that all of a sudden, like, God's up in heaven and he comes down to hang out with us. But he, that's not the case. He's here. What happens when I worship is, is my spiritual awareness gets heightened. And I become more aware that God is with me, that he's for me, that he's beside me. And here's the reason I like to do this at the beginning of my day. Because it helps me to do all the other spiritual practices that are important when I know that God's there with me. Have you ever been talking to somebody and all of a sudden you realize they're not in the room anymore? You ever had that happen? Like, I'll be talking to Sarah, and she's folding laundry, and, and I, maybe I took a little break, and then I keep talking, I walk in the room, and she's gone. And I'm like, and you can kind of just trail off. So is it? Uh, is it uh, uh. You ever done that before? It, it, we don't want to talk to just ourselves, right? We want to know somebody's there. See, when I, when I worship at the beginning, and then I go to God in prayer, it helps me to pray when, I, when I'm more aware that he's there with me. That he's right there beside me. You know what else? I I like this. When I read the Bible, it's really cool for me to think that God is the author of the book that I'm reading. Is sitting there beside me and wants to speak to me. I I picture that Jesus is sitting there beside me. The Holy Spirit's there with me. And as I'm reading the Bible, he's helping me to see things in it that I need to see. But how do I get that awareness? How do I get myself to that place? Is by worshiping God first. So, So I begin my day worshiping the Lord before I do anything else, worshiping. I'm talking about singing songs to the Lord. Yeah, and I think there's also a, a pretty important distinction that we need to make is that it, it, just playing worship music in the background is not going to get you where you need to go. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of us will, I know I, I can, I can put on worship music when I'm driving somewhere and go, okay, I'm going to worship. And then I'm not worshiping. Like I'm, I'm mad at the person in front of me or I'm thinking about what I'm about to go do. But it's kind of like this. Would you raise your hand if you're in a, a relationship right now and you are the girl? <laughs> Would you raise your hand if you're dating or you're married? Okay. There's some now, of you guys that actually should have your hands up right now. <laughs> Okay, I want you. I want you to think about this. Okay, you and your husband or your boyfriend are are hanging out, and uh, and you're over at their house, um, or you're married, you're together, and he he looks at you and goes, "Hey, would you tell me about your day?" And then as you go to answer it, he turns on the Thunder game or the Cowboys game. Now I'm going to ask you a question: Did he hear anything that you just said to him? No. And I'm the same way. You can ask Kaylee. Kaylee knows. If she calls me on her way home from work, she knows if I'm not paying attention because this is what my sentences turn into. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And, it, I'm, and she knows. And she goes, hey, how about I just talk to you when I get home? And it kind of stings a little bit because I know I should be giving her all of my attention. 
Um, and when we just listen to worship songs, when they're just, I'm, I'm not saying it's not bad. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad to have worship songs throughout the day. It's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we have to have designated time where we turn all of our attention and our yeah, affection that's good. on Jesus. Because he deserves it. I mean, he deserves it. If we're going to get everything that we need from him, we're going to have to give him all of our attention. Because just, I want you to think about this. Like Jesus came down from heaven. He had a lot going on up there. He was praised all the time. He had angels that were ministering to him all the time. He gave up all that to give us 100% of our attention. So every day we need to, to turn, return and in response, just like Pastor Josh was saying, is put all of our attention back on him. That's good. So good. So, and we actually have a tool for you to help you with this. If you're a Spotify user, there's a new song uh, playlist called Quiet Time Songs. It has a lot of the songs that we sing here at New Song Church. Uh, just songs that we put together this week that can help you to to worship God in your quiet time. Sing along with those songs. If you go to newsongpeople.com on, on Spotify, you can find that playlist and sing along to that. Another thing I like to do in, in this part of my day is, is sing songs that come to my mind. Uh, I, I don't know if this happens to you, but I wake up all the time with a song on my mind. And a lot of times it's, it's a worshipful song. Sometimes it'll be songs that we're doing here at church. Sometimes it'll be songs that I heard as a kid songs that I haven't thought of in forever. Uh, and if, if that happens, I kind of recognize sometimes that's God wants me to sing that song to him. So I'll, I'll sing that song. I'll, I'll find that song on something like Spotify, or maybe I'll just, I'll just sing it myself, just a cappella to the Lord, uh, because I feel like he wants, that's what he's looking for that day. And, and a lot of times, too, as I sing that, God will minister to me through that, something I need to see in that song that I've never seen before. So sing songs that God brings to your mind. Another thing you can do, sing a new song. New song is not just the name of a church. It's something that God tells us to do. In fact, it says this in Psalms 96, verse 1. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. Now, what is a new song? It's that. It's a new song. It's a song that you write to the Lord. Now, you're sitting there going, Pastor Josh, that's not my thing. Like, I'm not a songwriter. I don't do that. If I did that, it would be pretty terrible. Listen, God doesn't care. He doesn't care if it's not real good. What he cares about is that it's from you. It's from your heart, that you're giving God whatever you can. And, and I, I like to illustrate it with this. God gave me this, this illustration a couple years ago. Uh, Valentine's Day's coming up in a couple weeks. And on Valentine's Day, men, we're going to buy our, our wives or our if you're not married and you have someone that you're in love with, you're going to get them a card. And I'm going to go to like Walmart. I'm going to pick out a card for Sarah. And I'm going to probably spend 30 minutes looking at all the cards to try to find the perfect card for her. And then I'm going to take that card and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write her a note in it. And then I'm going to give her that card. Now, if you think about this, when you get a card from somebody that you love, it's great that they picked out a nice card for you and you read that part of it. But what do you really care about? You care about the part that they wrote, the personal note. That they wrote. And this is what God showed me one day. Those cards are kind of like all these worship songs that are out there that are written by Chris Tomlin and Hillsong and Bethel. And they're great. And we need to sing those songs. And they help us to, to sing things that we need to sing to God. But there's something about you sitting down and saying, Lord, I just worship you right now. And you putting it in your own words with your own melody. God loves it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be on key. It doesn't have to rhyme. God doesn't care. Have you ever got, if you've got kids, have they ever send you, given you a little note? Does it have to be perfect for it to touch your heart? No. It's just that it's from them. And that's what singing a new song is. It's you singing. It's you serenading the Lord with your own song that, that, that you want to love him with. Which is, which is one of the reasons why we have 
on Sunday morning, we have little gaps in between some songs. I don't know if you've noticed, if you've noticed that, but that's to allow some of that where, where you are at. Where, where are you? What do you need yeah. um, that morning? Um, and we can do the same thing. What, what I usually like to do is I, I worship to a song in the morning and then I find kind of like a flowy song and I put it on right after it. And I just spend time just I'll pray, but I'll also sing some songs. And they're not that good. The ones that I'm writing off the top of my head, they're they're like, Jesus, I thank you for this day. And I need you because I'm really tired. Like sometimes they'll be silly <laughs> like that. But listen, but listen, it's, it's about the heart behind it. It's about the heart behind it, because you'll get to a place where maybe you're not the most poetic person in the world or maybe not the most gifted musically, but you'll get to the place where you'll be able to better communicate and express your heart to God, which will, will strengthen your relationship with him. All right, so that was number one, worship first. Number two, count your blessings. Count your blessings. If you want to make worship a habit, one of the things you can begin to do is start counting your blessings every day. Again, back to Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Another translation says, be thankful to him and praise his name. Be full of thanks. That one of the ways we worship God is with our, our thankfulness, is, is us taking the time to thank him for the things that he's blessed us with, the things that he's, he's given us. I, I, I like to do this in my worship time at the beginning of the day. I just start listing off the things God's blessed me with. My wife, my children, my, my ministry, the church that I get to be a part of, my home, my car, my health. I just start listing off those things and thanking him for what he's done for me. Uh, many of you know a few years back, my wife did a one-year journey where she, she was inspired by that song, 10,000 Reasons. And she decided that for a year, she was going to list off 10,000 thousand things to be thankful for. And so she wrote a blog each day, and then she would list 27 or 26 things a day every day until after 365 days, she had thanked God for 10,000 things. And I remember about a week into her journey in doing this, I found myself wanting to find ways to make it onto her list, like wanting to, to do things, to go out of my way to, to, to do things that would make her be thankful for. Now, now, it's funny, yes, but I want you to think about something. I believe that's the heart of God. I believe when he sees somebody that's thankful and that's grateful for all the blessings and is looking for ways they can be thankful, I believe it makes God go, man, I want to get on their list more. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to do more stuff in their life so that they can be more thankful for all of the blessings that I've given them. So we're going to, be, we're going to count our blessings. We're going to list off the things that God has done for us. Number three, think about the cross. Think about the cross. I think this is, um, it goes hand in hand with that one. Uh, I can't think of anything I'm more thankful for than Jesus and what he's done for us. Um, and so one of the things that I, I like to do is I like to, to list the things on the cross. Um, and this is especially, uh, I, I find the times when I don't feel like worshiping, or maybe I don't have a, a ton of reasons to worship God. Everyone's been through a season like that. Um, I list the specific things that Jesus did for me through the cross um, and what happens is I start to become just overwhelmed. Like, Jesus, I thank you that you put on a crown of thorns for me. Jesus, I thank you that, that you, you allowed your creation to nail you to a cross. Jesus, I thank you that the stripes on your back mean that I can have healing now. How dare I not receive that healing because of what you went through to purchase it for me. Jesus, I thank you that your, your legs were crushed so that I could stand on your word and on your promises. And as we just begin to recount the things of the cross, what ends up happening is we become more and more aware of the love of God. Worship yeah. is love expressed, and then he expresses his love back to us and become more aware, man, Jesus did all that for me. 
how could I, how could I not give him the rest of my day? How could I not worship him? Um, I, I know, I, I don't know where you are in life, but I, I've kind of gotten to the place um, as just, I, I've ventured more into adult, real adulthood. Um, when me and Kaylee have been married about two and a half years now. Um, and I've become more and more aware of how uh, just completely over in over my head I am on some things. Like, I don't know how to be a good husband. Uh, you can't prepare for that. Like, you get married and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm responsible for this person now. But, but here's what I know is that it's not because of, uh, I'm, it's not because of my qualifications, but it's because of the blood of Jesus that qualifies me. And so I'm going to continue to go back to that source and remind myself, it's not based on what I can do. It's not, uh, it's not based on how good of a parent you are or how good of a parent you can be or how good of a spouse you can be or how good you can be at your job. It's based on the fact that Jesus shed his blood so that you could have access to everything that he has for you. And in that, there's victory to then be, be good at all those things. Does that make sense? I'm saying there. Okay, so number three, we're going to think about the cross. Number four, we're going to make a declaration of dependency. A declaration of dependency. We live in a free country. Our country years ago made a declaration of independence. Where most of us raised in a, in a home where, where our parents are training us to one day be able to move out and grow independent of, of them. And so there's this nature within us to try to kind of pull away and do our own thing. Uh, but the problem with that is, is that God doesn't want that. God doesn't want you and your relationship to grow independent of him. He wants you to grow more dependent on him. And when you grow independent of him, you actually uh, put yourself in a, in a bad, bad situation. In fact, it says this in Jeremiah 17, verse 5. It says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. So it's saying the guy who's just trying to do it on his own, who's trying to do it in his own strength, whose heart is not to let God help him, he's cursed. There's a curse in that. It says, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert. Think about that, a shrub in the desert. What is a shrub in the desert? It's dying. It's brittle. It breaks easily. It, it's, it's not producing fruit. It's, it's, it's withering away. It goes on to say, and, and, shall not, uh, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Now look at this. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And whose hope is in the Lord. The person whose confidence is in God. The person who's depending on the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by, by the waters. Which spreads out its roots by the river. And will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaf will, not be, will be green. And will, not, and will not be anxious in the year of drought. Nor will it cease from yielding fruit. So the person who realizes God is my source. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to my, sink my roots down into the Lord. It says it's like a, a tree planted by water that's able to draw strength from that constant flow that's always going. No matter what's going on in the world, you're able to produce fruit. You're able to, to draw from the strength of the Lord when you're depending on him. So, we de- so I declare my dependency on the Lord. I, I, I start my day as I'm worshiping the Lord and I say to God, God, I need you today. I can't do this without you. I can't be the father I'm called to be without your help. I'm limited in my own ability. I can't be the husband you've called me to be. I can't be the pastor you've called me to be in my own strength. I need you today. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. I ask you to to speak to me today, to lead me. I depend on you. You are necessary to my life. I don't want to go through my life without you, so I invite you in, and I ask you to help me and bring strength and bring your flow into my life today as I go through my life. So we make a declaration of dependency. Number five, do what feels uncomfortable in a comfortable setting. So I'm going to get practical talking about worship practices here. 
maybe you're here today and, and you came into the service and you're maybe you're a little bit newer to church or maybe you're newer to a church like this where we're a little bit more expressive in our worship. And, and maybe you find yourself sitting there and you want to lift your hands, but you just can't seem to get up the courage to do it. And maybe you're thinking everybody's looking at you, everybody's watching you. Let me just first of all say, we ain't, okay? We ain't watching you. Um, maybe you, you've seen people you know, bow down in the service and you think, you know, that's something interrupt, but you just, I could never do that. You know, I could, well, here, here'd be my encouragement to you. If, if, if it's in your heart to do those things, let me just tell you, it should be to express your love to God in that way. Then, then you need to start practicing that in a more comfortable setting. You know, I, I played sports growing up and it was very rare that I would try to do something in the game that I hadn't practiced in, in my, on my own or in, pra- in a more safe setting. <laughs> and, and, you know, one of the things you can do is if you're a little uncomfortable raising your hands in worship, when you're at home, nobody's around, raise your hands and worship the Lord. If you're uncomfortable getting down on your knees, when you're at home, no one else is there, get down on your knees and worship God. Do those things that make you feel uncomfortable. Practice those things. Make them a habit in your personal worship time. And listen, you know what you'll find when you get into this setting with everyone around you? One, you'll connect with God in a greater way because you've been doing it every day. And you won't care what everybody thinks. And you'll be able to do what you've practiced because as you've practiced it, you've made it a habit in your life. And it's easy for you to just engage with it and go all in like God wants you to in expressing your love to him. Yeah, and, and, and it's important to, to know that there's nothing magical with this right here. Um, that It doesn't just funnel you to God's presence. When I was a kid, I used to think that, oh, maybe he's making a funnel so that he could better receive all that God has for him. There, there's nothing... There's nothing magical in that, and it's not religious. It's, that's really important to, to remember. It's not religious. We, don't, we find ourselves lifting our hands out of religion. Um, that's when we become like the Pharisees, right? They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's, there's nothing magical. What it is, is is the outward expression of what's happening on the inside. It's just yeah. like baptism. It says there's nothing magical that happens in baptism when you get dunked in the water. It's not like all your sin get, get totally. It symbolizes what's taking place on the inside. And it's kind of like what Pastor Ken talked about earlier. I think he looked at my notes. Um, no, actually, I, I stole this from you, Pastor Ken. I remember going to lunch with Pastor Ken and, and him describing this to me, and it totally changed my mind on some of this stuff. But that the steps leading up to the temple, it was the, out, the outward action um, affected what was happening inwardly. And so I think that it's important sometimes that we get down on our knees, especially when we're by ourselves, when no one can see. Maybe you have no problem worshiping God at church and lifting your hands high, but do you do that at home? You know, do yeah. you do that in your car? Uh, you know, be safe, don't Keep close your, your eyes. eyes. <laughs> yeah. Don't. But, but sometimes, you know, I'll tell you, I'll be driving, and I'm on the way to, the best time for me to do is on my way to work out every morning, so I got a little bit of pre-workout in me. Those of you who work out, you know, I'm a little jittery. And my hands will be, and I'll look, and there'll be somebody looking at me kind of weird, like, what the heck is this guy doing at 615 on the highway? Um, but I just have got to the place where now I can't worship without lifting my hands and clapping a little bit and shouting a and little bit. And punching through glass. And punching through glass, doing some air punches. But <laughs> the, the out, it's all about the, 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 it forms the habit, the connection and it begins to impact hourly what we're doing. It begins to impact and symbolize what's happening on the inside. So do what, what feels uncomfortable in a comfortable setting. Start practicing those, those places you want to go to in worship. Number six, submit your body in worship. 
Romans 12 talks about how we're to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. It says this is our spiritual act of worship, is, is offering our bodies. Listen, you're, the physical act of sacrifice is a spiritual act of worship. And so one of the things I do in this worship time, not every day, but throughout my week, is I submit my body to God today. I, I submit myself in worship, my body. And I'll actually go through and list uh, off parts of my body that I'm submitting to the Lord. I submit my hands to you, God. I, I ask that you would use my hands to bring healing to this world. You use my hands to build the kingdom of God in this world. Help me to touch people that need a touch from you today. Listen, God works through people. He needs people like us who'd be willing to go out and touch people and help people and heal people with his power inside of us. So use my hands. Use my feet, Lord. Lead me to people who need you today. Lead me to the brokenhearted. Uh, lead me away from places where I might stumble or I might find myself into trouble. I, I submit my, my feet to the Lord. I submit my eyes to the Lord. God, help me to see people that need you. Help me to see beyond just what I can see with my physical eyes. Help me to see spiritually what's going on in this world. Help me to see things the right way. I, 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 help me to keep my eyes far away from things that are unrighteous and unholy and ungood. I, I submit my eyes to the Lord. I submit my ears to the Lord. God, help me to hear the cry of this world for you. Help me to hear the right things. I, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to hear your word coming out of my mouth today. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to speak your word. I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to hear my praises. I'm going to hear my praises coming out of my mouth today. I submit my smile. God, I thank you that I'm, you call me to be the light of the world. Use me today. I had, to, I had to learn to submit my smile because my natural look is a look of frowning. And so I had to learn years ago, I need to say, say Lord, thank you that I can smile. I can be happy. But so I submit myself to the Lord. You may need to submit all sorts of stuff to the Lord, but make that sacrifice. Say, I'm going to give you my body today. Number seven, quote scriptures of praise. Yeah, and this one's pretty self-explanatory. Sometimes I'll just go through some psalms until I find a psalm that kind of speaks to the situation in life that I'm in. Um, I, I just I think of Psalm 95:17. It says, "Oh come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the Rock of our salvation. Let us." Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is great and the great king above all gods. We'll just, I'll just find some scriptures that, that, will, that speak. And, and, and you'll find that in there you learn to praise God for new things. Like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yes, yeah. God is my shepherd. God is leading me throughout this day. Um, so just quote scriptures of praise. Make them your prayer. Yeah. Number eight, look for praise breaks. Look for praise breaks. Super practical here. But if we're going to make something a habit, we want to do it more than just once a week. But if you really want to make it a habit too, you need to look for ways to do it more than just once a day. And so one of the things you can do, it's a great thing we have today. Most all of you have smartphones. And on your smartphones, you can set alarms throughout the day. So set some alarms that will go off throughout the day that remind you to go praise God, to go worship God, to thank God. I have alarms on my phone that go off throughout the day that tell me to pray for my kids, that tell me to pray for my wife, that, that sometimes tell me to go worship, that sometimes tell me to pray in my, in my spiritual language, pray in the spirit. I, I have these alarms that go off to help me. And listen, you think, well, I've got a lot going on. I'm working. I can't always do that. Well, find ways that you can do it. And what I found is this. Sometimes it'll, those alarms will go off and I kind of, maybe I'm in the middle of something and I don't really want to pull away. But I found that if I actually will pull away for just a moment and give a little time to God, and I'm not talking about like 30 minutes, you can give three minutes to do something, three minutes of prayer, three minutes of, 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 of worshiping, whatever. And then you, what I found is when I come back to my work, I, I, I can move way quicker through whatever it is that I'm doing because I'm inviting God, I'm continuing to make a habit of worship, I'm putting worship throughout my day. So look 
for praise breaks. Number nine, worship on your way to work. And we got to hustle, David. We're- yes, I'll hustle for this one. Um, in the Old Testament, when they, a lot of times when they would go to battle, they'd put worship at the front. Um, and every day, and, and maybe you're going, well, I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm, I stay at home with the kids all day long. Listen, that's work. That's important work. Um, that's really important work. And it's hard work. And there's a battle every day, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, there's a battle for, for your heart, and there's a battle for the hearts around you. Um, and it goes back to that kingdom thing. Every day we need to wake up and we need to put worship at the front because it gets us ready for what's coming. Yeah. It puts us in the right mindset. One of the things that I, I like to do is if I'm going to a meeting with Pastor Josh or Pastor Sarah, or I, I have a, a difficult conversation I need to have with somebody else, I always worship before it because I want to be the best version of myself walking into it. I know I can be real defensive sometimes. Um, I know that I can be, uh, if Pastor Josh has something that he wants me to work on, if I'm, not, if I'm not living in the spirit in that moment, what ends up happening is I end up operating out of my flesh. So one of the things worship will do is it'll, it'll get you ready in the presence of God, but the other thing is it'll make you the best version of yourself for that day. Yeah. So one of the reasons, you guys don't even know this, but we have a church service before you get here called pre-service that we do with all of our team leaders and all of the people that are serving in kids' classes because we want to give them a chance to come into the presence of God to worship so that they can then go into the kids' classes or wherever it is that they're serving for that day and be the best, best version of themselves, along with starting to warm up this place for the presence of God to come in for you whenever you get here. So, uh, so we want to do that. We want to worship on our way to work. Whatever God's assignment that he's put in front of us, worship in front of that. Number 10, be a worship leader at your home. Be a worship leader at your home. Home is God's highest priority in your life. If you're a parent, if you're a husband, wherever your home is, that's a high priority. And you know, I'm, a, I'm the pastor of New Song Church, but before I'm the pastor of New Song Church, I'm the pastor of my home. And I need to be the pastor to my wife and to my kids, and I also need to be the worship leader to my wife and to my kids. And so I want to set that example before them. I want to be a person who's leading them. I'm especially talking to guys this morning. Sometimes guys, we tend to default and let girls kind of lead when it comes to the spiritual things. Don't do that. Make a decision. You're going to be the one that instigates some of these things in your home. In our home, from time to time, we will have a, a, a church service. We'll just do an impromptu church service. And uh, I'll, I'll have something I want to share with the kids, and we'll do it just like we do a church service. We'll come together, we'll put on some songs, and me and Sarah will jump around with them and dance with them and sing with them, and then we'll worship, and I lift my hands, and I sing where they can hear me. I'm setting an example, just like my father did for me. I'm setting an example for my kids that a man can worship the Lord, that a mom can worship the Lord. And we want our kids to see that. Listen, your kids are going to do what you do a lot more than they're going to do what you say. And if you want to make worshipers, you want to build worshipers in your home, be a worshiper. And you say, well, Pastor Josh, I'm just not real comfortable with that. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I doubt Jesus was real comfortable hanging on the cross for our sins. I know I may be being a little hard here, but listen. He didn't die on the cross because, because he was good at it. He didn't die on the cross. He died on the cross because we needed it. And listen, your kids... Your family, your wife, need to see you getting into the word, need to see you worshiping. They need that from you. So be a worshiper at your home. I never struggled with worship growing up because I saw uh, my hero each week, uh, my dad, um, who is the most confident and strong man that I know um, to this day. I saw him each week get up and express 
his heart. And we didn't go to a church where worship was like a real expressive thing. We went to a Southern Baptist church. My dad still, he, he was the worship leader. He was going to set an example. And what that taught me was real men love God. Real men love God. And worship is a loved, is a, is a learned behavior. You have to learn it. It's, a, it's, not a, it's not natural for us to give all of our surrender over to Jesus. That's not natural. Um, what, what, it's natural now that we're born again. Um, but because we're born, we're born, especially men, we're born to be real independent. You're going to go off, and you're not going to need your parents' help anymore, and you're not going to need anyone's help before, and you're going to be the man. Um, but what we find is that, man, we do. We do need God. We do need him every day. Um, if, you, if you didn't know this, um, one of, I am not the head worship pastor at this church. Um, that would be Pastor Josh over here. Um, and it, we've got an amazing worship culture here. And I want to say that thank you to you guys. We, you guys know how to love on God and worship God. But the main reason for that is not because of the, the awesome band. It's not because of me or Aubrey or any of the vocalists. It's because we have a, a pastor. We have pastors, Pastor Josh and Sarah, that aren't afraid to get on their knees right down here uh, because they're the head of this house. And so they're going to set an example here of this is the standard of expression. This is the standard for how we're going to love on God. And that trickles down. If you've ever been served in one of our kids' rooms, um, even down to the nursery, uh, Andrea Tompkins will be in there, and they'll be singing a worship song, and they'll lift their hands. This is why we worship in twos and threes and fours and fives. Hey, keep your hands up. We're going to tell God how much we love him in Boomtown. They hear God in all of those rooms. And it's because we know it's a learned behavior. One of the pillars of our church is creating worshipers. And that means creating little worshipers. Amen. And that means that that's something that we have to take home as men and decide, you know what, I'm going to create worshipers with my family as well. Amen. Well, I'm going to, David, I'm going to let you guys go ahead and get ready. We're actually going to close out our service this morning by kind of acting on this and, and singing a song together and, and engaging in this. But before we do that, I want to kind of give you one more thought to think about this morning. And that is this thought, um, the greatest desire of God. What's the greatest desire of God? Well, we know in, in Genesis, when God created man, we talked about this earlier in this series, that he created him in his image, right? And he made him. So when Adam was put in the Garden of Eden, he was made in the image of God. He, was, he looked like God. He thought like God. He talked like God. This is before the fall of man. This is before sin. He, he was an image of God in this world. And so there's an interesting verse in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 20. It says this. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. Okay, so you probably heard about this in children's church. Adam named all the animals. He's going through. I don't know how this worked. God put a little line together or whatever, but he's naming off all these animals. We don't know how long this took, but he named all the animals. But look at what it says next. This is so interesting. It says, but for Adam... There was not found a helper comparable to him. Now, the, the idea here is that as Adam is, is naming these animals, that he's looking for something. That there's a desire in his heart. And what's the desire? The desire is to find somebody comparable to him. That word comparable there is talking about, uh, it, it means a companion. It means someone to share his life with. So as, God, as Adam is naming these animals, he's looking for a companion, looking for someone to share his life with. And he didn't, found it, he didn't find anybody that was good enough for that. Thank God. And so what does God do? God causes him to go to sleep. And while he's asleep, God comes down and he pulls from him this rib, which actually, if you study that out, uh, it actually means he pulled his side out of him. And if you really study that out, it means he basically cut him in half which is a beautiful picture of what happens when two people get married, two, two
two people become one flesh, two halves become a whole. And so God pulls this rib out of him and he creates Adam. He forms Adam, and or I'm sorry, he forms Eve. And Adam wakes up to find his, his bride, someone comparable to him. Now here's my question for you. How did God know that a bride would be the thing that would meet this desire that he had? Well, remember, Adam was made in the image of God. He thought like God. He was just like God in this world. And see, Adam had a desire for a bride because God had the same desire. So here's God's greatest desire in this world. It's you. It's to love you and to be loved by you. We are the bride of Christ, my friends. And God loves you dearly. And he wants to walk with you. And he wants to talk with you. And he wants to be loved by you because he loves you. And so we talk about worship. We're not talking about, you know, if you're not careful, you can think, well, God wants my worship. He just wants me to tell him how great he is. No, no, no. God wants your worship because remember, worship is love expressed. God wants your worship because God wants your love because he loves you. And so when we talk about this, creating this habit of, of, of worship, we're talking about creating a habit of us loving God. And that's so important for us. And so today, as, as we kind of close our service, I'm gonna go ahead and invite the altar ministry team to come down at this time. And just like every week, we're gonna have the altars open. We'd love if you have any need for prayer in your life. If you don't know Jesus today, if you'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you have a prayer need, something going on in your life, we'd love to pray for you today. And these altars will be open. Feel free to come down here and, and pray with these guys. They, they'd love to join their faith with yours and whatever you have. But, but also, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna stand, if, in fact, go ahead and stand with me. And we're going to express our love to God. We're gonna go back to the heart of what this is all about loving God and, and sharing with him. And I, and here's my encouragement to you today. Whatever your normal is, take it up a notch and just give God your love right now. Tell him how much he means to you. Thank him for the cross. Thank him for some of these things. Make a list right now. Start telling God how much he means to you. Think about the cross. See him hanging on that cross for you because he hung there for you. See him with, with that crown of thorns on his head, but see him with a crown of, of life that crown that he now holds is seated at the right hand of God where you should be seating to, where you should be sitting to. And just take a moment this morning and let's just express our love to God. And listen, as you do, remember, as you give your love to God because he's a giver, he's gonna give his love to you. So Lord, we love you this morning. We praise you. We lift our hands and we say to you, God, that we love you. We love you. In fact, say that to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for all you've done for me. Thank you for all that you've blessed me with. We give our hearts to you right now. We thank you that you've been so faithful and so good, that you gave us your life. You gave your, you gave everything so that we can have life in you. Lord, we're so grateful and we worship you this morning. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.